0: You're listening to Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Our scripture reading for today is going to be from Mark 4, 35 through 41, so you can listen along or feel free uh, to turn in your Bibles uh, and follow along. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is God's word. Thank you, Seth.
1: I'm going to be talking with you all this morning about overcoming fear, all right? And this is going to be uh, an interactive service. So there's a point where you'll get to actually participate with me. In in the service this morning, okay. But uh, I want to start by sharing a story with you, and I want to give you just a a little insight to the story, okay. Uh, In the story, I reference carports uh carports can have a different meaning for different people where i grew up down south a carport is actually a garage but it doesn't have sides or doors all right some people today when you say carport they think it's a place for you to plug in your adapter inside of your car all right so for the purpose of the story i'm about to share with you a carport is a place that is simply a roof that's attached to a garage or to a house uh, and people drive their car in and park there okay Here's the story. It's a true story about a retired pastor. His name is Bill Bonite, and he shares this story from the early years of his ministry down south. He says Many years ago, when I was a young preacher, I noticed one day that a new family had moved into a neighborhood not far from my church. So I dropped in late one afternoon. I noticed that one car was parked in the carport. I went to the side door, the one opening onto the carport. I'd rung the doorbell only once when I heard a deep bass growl that sounded like the rolling of thunder. It was coming from the back of the carport, and it made the hair on the back of my neck stand up straight. I glanced to my left, and there about 20 feet away, in a crouched position, was a huge german shepherd with glowing malignant eyes and pearly white teeth i could tell he wanted some of me he goes on in the story to say i began backing slowly away from the door in the direction of my car all the while speaking words of pastoral comfort to the dog the dog eased in my direction keeping that same 20 feet between him and me. Finally, I reached my car, jumped in quickly and slammed the door, and offered a quick prayer of thanks for heavenly protection. Then he goes on to say this, I wasn't worth much good at work the rest of that day. Fear had stolen my energy. I went home. I did make one more phone call. I called a friend. Now, there are events and situations that cause fear, and there are actually things that cause fears as well. Now, the pastor in our story here may have had a fear of animals, which may have caused some level of fear uh, if he saw any dog. However, He found himself in a situation, an event here, where he's facing a guard dog capable of inflicting tremendous personal harm. A writer by the name of Basil King wrote a book called The Conquest of Fear. He says that fear causes more misery than all the sin and sickness of our lives combined. He writes, we're not sick all the time. We're not sinning all the time. But lots of people are afraid of something or somebody all the time. In other words, many people live in fear. It feels kind of that way right now. I mean, we feel like fear is just everywhere around us and it's encroaching in on us. It's like it's crouching at the door waiting to jump on us. And we feel like every decision that is being made is almost driven by fear. And so there's a lot of this kind of feeling all around every aspect of our lives right now. So, with that in mind, let's do a little exercise right here, okay? We're gonna identify some fears, and you're gonna do this right where you are, okay? I'm going to show you some slides right now, and these are various photographs of different kinds or different types of fears, all right? Now, I'll leave this slide up for just a few seconds here, Um, and so every one of you gathered there together wherever you are, all right? You just say out loud, like, what kind of fear this image or this photograph kind of brings to mind for you, all right? Now, all of these are legitimate fears, all right, that can be diagnosed, now, some of them are, are easy to figure out. A couple of them are a little bit unique or strange. Um, and some of them, they just might hit home for you. All right. So I'm going to begin with the first slide here in just a second. And I'm just going to be up front to you. I chose this one to be first because this is a fear that I have. Like this is a huge fear in me. And so I'm going to be really open and really transparent with you and let you know that right up front here. Okay, so this one is mine. Here is slide number one. Take a look. Easy, right? fear of the dentist all right dentophobia is what it's called dentophobia the fear of a dentist all right now the next one might make you shudder a little bit all right and this one is a big one for a lot of people my wife will tell you this one is big 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 for her all right let's look at it and see if you can figure it out number two Oh, I bet you got it, right? Fear of snakes. Ophidiophobia. Ophidiophobia, the fear of snakes. All right, let's try another one. Now, this one will be one of the unique ones, okay? This is number three. Look at this one. Okay, what do you think about that one? The fear of beards, all right? Pogonophobia. Pogonophobia, the fear of beards. Kind of crazy, isn't it? All right, let's look at number four. This is a big one, and this is a big one, I think, right now in the circumstances and the situations that we are working in in our lives with this pandemic, all right? Look at this one. Did you get that one? The fear of being alone, all right? Autophobia autophobia the fear of being alone that's a big one and probably is going to get bigger as we continue to have to self-isolate and do all the things that we're doing right now all right the next one i've heard several people in life church confess this uh, to to me personally and i think to others as well but uh let's see if you identify with this one here's number five Did you get it? The fear of public speaking glossophobia. <laughs> glossophobia, the fear of public speaking. This is huge in life church because we have so many mic touches every Sunday. Now, we can't do that right now, obviously, but we really encourage people to share uh, from, the, from the, the front of the church uh, with one another, to one another, in front of one another, and uh, a number of people do this, but there's a lot of you I know. You've, you've shared with me, that's just not my gift. That's not something I'm going to do, so don't ever call me up front in front of people I get it okay all right here's another one that's a bit unusual all right look at this one number six did you get that one the fear of chickens okay electrophobia all right electrophobia the fear of chickens now i'm not normally afraid of chickens but i can tell you that chicken in the center of that that photograph has an attitude all right i would be cautious about that particular chicken all right let's look at the next one this is another one that will make you shudder a little bit and a lot of you will identify with it okay number seven But everybody got it, right? The fear of spiders, arachnophobia, arachnophobia, the fear of spiders. Okay, number eight, and this one has been uh, a challenge for a couple of people in Life Church over the years, especially some who wanted to go on a missions trip. Uh, they had to deal with this and pray through this and ask God to give them a tremendous grace to be able uh, to do what they wanted to do in missions, all right? So look at this one, number eight. The fear of flying. All right. This one is a difficult one even to pronounce. All right. Teromerhanophobia. Teromerhanophobia. The fear of flying. I have one last one to show you here, and that is number nine. All right. Look at this one. Did you get that one? The fear of germs. All right. Verminophobia, the fear of germs. That's a big one, I think, right now. Verminophobia. It's a general term for fear of germs, all right? And often people who identify with this particular fear, uh, they will group themselves uh, or they will remark about themselves as being a bit of a germaphobe, all right? Now, maybe you're not afraid of germs in general, But perhaps the specific germ pictured here is causing you to fear right now. COVID-19. Or maybe it's not the germ itself. Maybe it's the pandemic. All right. Maybe it's the bigger event here. All right. Maybe there are other fears that rise up even when you see this particular photo, all right? Uh, Maybe it brings up financial fears for you, like maybe you're concerned about the stock market and where it's headed, all right? Maybe it's fears of losing something else that's very valuable for you, like maybe even your home or or a car. For some of you right now, you're afraid of losing a semester of studies that is out there in front of you, and you're getting off your timeline for when you wanted to accomplish uh, all of those things maybe you're afraid of losing a friend. Maybe it's a fear of change. There's so many things that are changing all around us daily, and so that can cause a lot of fear for people. Maybe it's a fear of isolation, of having to just be alone. It's like that autophobia that we showed you the picture of, but it's on steroids. It's like exacerbated uh, crazily, all right? Um, Maybe it's even a fear of death, all right? Now, because fear and anxiety are so pervasive, I, this is why I want to talk to you today, and this is why I, I, I want to try to help us here for a few minutes to like, overcome this fear and this anxiety. But what I want to do first is I want to remind you of something, and that's that a reasonable or normal fear is a good thing, all right? It's a gift from God, actually. Otherwise, um, some of us might be tempted to crawl over the fence and pet that crouching German shepherd on the head. All right. But fear holds us back. It helps us to back away from the situation. All right. And, And right now, a good, reasonable fear is helpful for us. Because what it should do is it should drive us to some additional measures of things like social distancing and frequent hand washing and numerous other things that that might help to flatten the curve of COVID-19. Now, think about it. Some of us busy people, we might break the speeding laws more frequently if we didn't have a good healthy fear of the officer with the revolving blue light. The point I'm making here is that reasonable or normal fear protects us from danger. On the other hand, abnormal or excessive fear is a monster that can paralyze and even destroy us. All right? And, Life Church family, panic is fear out of control. This is a magnificent, miraculous story that Seth read to you today. And this story, this text of ours this morning, this is God's gift to you and I who are fearful people. Now, let's rehearse it just a little bit. One night, Jesus and his 12 disciples are sailing across this six mile wide sea of Galilee, all right? And so Jesus and his disciples filled their fishing boat pretty much up to capacity, it looks like. Jesus was asleep on a cushion in the stern of the boat, and then this storm struck, an event, if you will, all right? Now, consider that the disciples uh, are in this boat at night facing a storm that seemed on the verge of really swamping them, all right? They're probably over two miles away from the nearest shore with no life preservers And in their panic, they start to scream out Jesus, wake up! Don't you care whether or not we die? And, and I want you to understand that these are a lot of these guys in this boat are, are people who understood storms. They had lived on the sea and they understood storms as they came and went. We're not talking about a couple of guys who are sitting on the, on the shoreline and they're just kind of talking about how, yeah, I got a little bit of a fear of lightning or, or you know, I, I really don't like, like storms. They kind of bother me or whatever. But these are guys who knew storms. All right. And so they are crying out in a panic because this is a storm of all storms. This is huge. And so Jesus awoke, and he looks around, and then he performs this miracle that astounded the disciples. He ordered the storm to be quiet, and a great calm fell on the sea. Now, there were lots of noise here, all right? These guys are screaming at one another. They're screaming at Jesus. There's thunder. There's lightning. Uh, there's the sea waves rolling in and, 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 and drenching the boat and even starting to make it sink. And so Jesus has to yell out over all of this. And we know he had to do that because they actually understood what he said. And so he yells out this, this command to nature uh, and he quiets the storm, all right? Now... When we consider this story, we see right away the cause of excessive fear in any kind of situation. And this is a big takeaway for you and I today, all right? And that is this. Anytime your source of security is not strong enough to sustain you, then your fear runs wild. Your source must be able to sustain you. The disciples here were rookies well, at least in their relationship with Jesus. and Therefore, they weren't yet sure who he was or, or how much they could depend on him. They assumed that their main protection against the storm was this boat, which was probably a little boat in comparison to the storm, and it was clearly not strong enough or big enough to sustain them. I want to pose a question right here to all of you. What are you counting on? What are you holding on to that can't sustain you right now? And how are you able to let it go and cast your care on Jesus because he cares so much for you? Maybe you've been holding on to the stock market thinking it was gonna take care of you. Well, it's going away fast. Or maybe you were holding on to a vaccine thinking as soon as the vaccine comes, we'll all be taken care of. Well, it's coming really, really, really slow. When I was a little boy, I had a huge fear, a fear of being abandoned. And I think that it affected me in some unique ways. And one of those is that I seem to have this recurring dream that happens from time to time. And um, this dream, every time it happens, heightens my sense of fear. The dream is unique but the same almost every time. The, the situation may be a little bit unique, the, 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 the place uh, may be a little bit unique, but it's the same storyline. And what it is is I always am in a place that is dark and I'm alone and there's no one there to help me. There's no one there to take care of me. And in that place there becomes an awareness that there is some entity, some somebody or something there that is trying to to get me, it is trying to to take me out, it's trying to destroy me, all right? And and the, the problem is, is that I'm so afraid that I'm paralyzed. Not only can I not move, but I cannot speak. You can ask my wife and my children, you can ask people that have gone on mission trips with me, you can ask brothers who've stayed in hotel rooms with me at a conference, because it's happened in all of those places, but I let out this most unusual and unbelievable kind of sound that i keep repeating and obviously the sound is a cry for help but it scares everybody so matter of fact once in brazil a couple of people thought they might need to uh do deliverance ministry with me all right but this is something that goes on with me and when i'm confronted even in the dream by this inability to take care of myself or to get away It's like a computer starts these flashing red lights and there's this inner voice that says, run, run, you're in deep trouble. Let me say it again. Excessive fear is caused when our source of security is not strong enough to sustain us. I can't take care of myself by myself. And I can't control everything. The most common fears relate to matters we cannot control. None of us can guarantee success in marriage or on the job. Our companies, uh, they, they, they may downsize. They may get sold. They may leave us without a job. We, we may not get health benefits. We may not have health. Or there may not be health for our families. It's guaranteed with the events that are going on. We can't control our children 24 hours a day, even when they live at home. Therefore, if we are our own primary source of security. We will be tempted to panic. And what happens when we panic? Well, in the short time, we buy too much toilet paper. But in the long haul, we make a lot of poor decisions. When Jesus was awakened in the middle of the storm, he asked, Why are you afraid? What? That might have been a foolish question for the disciples, I mean, they're like, isn't it obvious why we're afraid? We're about to drown. And I think that's what some people are thinking right now. What's going on? I feel like I'm about to drown. There's so much coming in on me. But Jesus knew that he could stop the storm. And he thought the disciples knew that. But obviously they didn't. And therefore they panicked. Here's the second takeaway for you. We become fearful when we doubt that our source of security is strong enough. All right. We need to believe that the source of security that we have is strong enough to sustain us. All right. And so whether it's a wrong source or no source or it's doubt in the source, our fears will run wild. What's the cure for the fear? The cure is to develop a confidence that God is with us and is sufficient for our needs. And that confidence is called faith. Psalm 46, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. In the middle of the stormy sea, Jesus shouted, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was calm. After that night, the disciples never again feared a storm on the Sea of Galilee, or at least not when Jesus was with them. They knew and they understood he was sufficient. The Apostle Paul pleaded with the Lord on one occasion about his own limited abilities, and the Lord answered him in this way. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. We're all being confronted right now with weaknesses and mortality. And this pandemic isn't going away quickly, all right? It continues to be a raging storm. Now, the disciples would learn that Jesus would not always make the storms go away. Sometimes he gave the disciples the grace and the grit to sail through the storm. But increasingly, they learned that Jesus was always sufficient for their needs. If I develop confidence that God is with me and and is sufficient to meet all of my needs, I can joyfully, confidently face tomorrow. Because nothing can confront me or you that God is. And, and, and me or you can handle together, all right? He has promised us, I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. My grace is sufficient for you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He will complete what he's begun, this good work in you. There's so many things, all right? The more we believe in the sufficiency of God, the more immune we become to this excessive fear. Let me close by giving you a few things here that are like a practical set of strategies that will help you repel the attacks of fear in your life. The first thing you need to do is you need to identify the fear, name it, just like we did with the slides, with the the exercise that I gave you at the beginning of the sermon, all right? Identify your fear, name it, and then rebuke it in the name of Jesus, all right? Because you see, Satan is a part of our problem. He wants us to live in fear and he wants that fear to be unnamed. But the Bible says that if we confront him in the name of Jesus, he has to turn and run. He has to flee. This is James 4, 7. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And verse 8 is really the great antidote. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. There's something immensely powerful about the name of Jesus. He calms the storms of life. Second, discuss your fear with a trusted Christian friend. There's an old adage that says, a fear shared is a fear reduced. And then if possible, take a walk. I think you'll be able to do this next week. There's a great forecast in the future for us here, all right? And tell God about your fears. There's something therapeutic about exercising outdoors, getting outside, if you will, all right? And when you combine that with prayer, I think it brings a great bit of comfort, and and it's powerful and it's profound for us. On these Tuesdays when we fast and pray, when the weather's nice, David and I get out and walk out down by Colville Lake uh, away from the church here, Uh, and it's amazing how therapeutic that is for us as we're praying. Another thing is read Psalm 23 as a prayer. Read each line and just say a prayer. Pray that particular line out. For, in, in other words, like the first line is, the Lord is my shepherd, all right? Then you can just whisper a prayer and say something like this. Lord, I know that you're my shepherd. I know that you are for me. And I know that you treat me and see me as though I am the only sheep in the entire flock. Thank you, God, for your personal uh, commitment to me. Thank you for your personal relationship to me. Thank you for the way that you love me. All right, and then you can go on from there. The last thing I would say is keep a private journal, a diary, if you will, that records the fears that you and God have overcome already, the things that you have conquered, all right, because all of those victories uh, bring additional confidence in the future. Family, some of the most beloved and colorful personalities in my family have died of cancer. Now, I remember those crazy, wonderful Southern personalities. But most of all, I will remember the really courageous way they faced cancer and even death. They showed their hearts, hearts that were not terrorized by cancer or by anything else. And I remember many of them saying when they were in the hospital bed, I'm fighting a different battle than I've ever fought before. And what I would say to you today is, as God's people, we're fighting a different battle than we've ever fought before. None of us have ever been this way before, all right? So we fight a different battle, but we got a common enemy, and that's fear. My aunts and my cousins, they knew the secret for overcoming fear. Paul expressed it uh, in these words. He said, nothing in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's Romans 8:39. If you know that deep in your heart, your faith will overcome any fear that you are faced with. I want to leave you with a song. It's taken from Psalm 46, all right? I would ask you that sometime today, you as a family you'd spend a little bit of time identifying some of the fears that you're facing. And as a family or as an individual, especially as you're self-isolating more and more, I would ask you to turn to Psalm 46. Read it together today. Pray it together today. But let me take you into it here as we close. Psalm 46, beginning at verse 1. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. And then we jump down to verse 10, and these are words of such great encouragement. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let me pray for you. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, your son. We declare tremendous need today. We know that none of us in our own strength have the sufficiency to carry us through these most turbulent times. We truly feel, Father, that we have been been put into, or we have fallen into a storm here. And that this storm, in, in many ways, feels as though it's overtaking us. And so we ask you for your divine help. We ask you, God, that you would increase our faith today. We ask you, Father, that you would help us to lean into the truths of your word. Holy Spirit, remind us of those things that we need to remember about who our God is. We pray, Father, that you will carry us through these turbulent times with such a sense of purpose and such a sense of destiny that our confidence will come alive and flourish and that we would indeed be lights in this world. We pray, Father, that you would show us those things that the enemy is trying to use against us, the ways that he is trying to trap us up, and that we will be able to identify them, and that we will be able, Lord, to overcome them and rise above them. We pray that most of all, Father, when this storm rages against us and assaults us in our mind and in our heart and our emotions and our spirit, that we will in those moments be still. And know that you are God and that you will indeed be exalted among all the nations, all the earth. We thank you, God, that you indeed are our fortress. Amen. Amen. Hey, Life Church, we will be back together, all right? And it'll be a good day when we're all back together here in the sanctuary. But until then, like right now, God is still a good God. Hold on to that, all right? He is your strength. He is your fortress. He is everything that you need. He is sufficient for you in these days ahead. So hold to that. Keep holding to that in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Dave and I love being your pastors. Stay connected, all right? Amen. Amen.